It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 11th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter or follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I'm going to talk about the Magic's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, more late game troubles, and why those late game troubles seem to persist and, and what's, I think, a key ingredient that's missing for the Orlando Magic as they make this playoff push. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking to learn a little bit more about the Washington Wizards, who the Magic will play on Wednesday? Check out Locked On Wizards. Looking for the Grizzlies' perspective on this game? Check out Locked On Grizzlies. You can also find Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball 2 for all your podcast needs. Anything you want to know about the NBA from the individual teams to the national perspective, you can find on the Locked On Podcast Network, plus NFL and colleges, and very soon the Locked On MLB Network will be launching once again. You can find them all on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic went to Memphis with high hopes that they would be able to uh, get continue their winning streak as they defeated Dallas Mavericks in what was a, an uneven but successful game. I, I don't think it was as bad as, as Steve Clifford thought, and I'll, I'll have some general thoughts on that because they are more global uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But uh, I, it was a, it was an okay game. The offense worked. The defense worked well enough, and and, and that's, that's all we need to say about that. The Magic certainly had some lessons to learn, and you would hope they would put them to practice in this game against the Grizzlies, but it was clear very early on that this was going to be a struggle, that A, Memphis's defense is very good, and Orlando had a tough time cracking it because their offense is still a little bit stuck in the mud, and, and certainly since the All-Star break, the Magic's offense has, has seen a significant drop. The defense was not up to par for any stretch of the imagination, but it did get there in the second and third quarters, and eventually Orlando took the lead and took as much as a seven-point lead. It really felt like the kind of game that a team in Orlando's position has to win. Or, or, or better yet, has to learn how to win. It was a game where it was nip and tuck throughout. The Magic struggled. They kept themselves in it. They did just enough to stay within striking distance and then did what a playoff team is supposed to do against a team with a worse record, a team that's out of the playoffs. They pulled ahead in the final quarter. They used that final quarter to to assert their dominance and, and eventually win the game and, and maybe even win it comfortably. After D.J. Augustin hit a, hit a three-pointer with about six minutes to play, Orlando was up five. They hit two more free throws to go up seven, and it felt like Orlando had some solid footing, some momentum to pull ahead and win the game. That is what a playoff team would do, and, and as I've said before, this team has playoff potential. And I've always, I've never wavered on this fact that I believe this is a playoff team or a playoff caliber team. 
But make no mistake about it, what happened over the next six minutes, five and a half minutes, is not what a playoff team does. And it's losses like this, in addition to the losses to the Knicks and Cavs, which followed a very similar script, honestly. It's losses like this that will come to haunt the Magic if they find themselves a game, two games, out of the final playoff spot. Because with both Charlotte and Miami losing their last game, and Orlando up seven with five and a half minutes to play, Orlando lost a golden opportunity to tie the heat, give themselves some cushion, and again, assert their bona fides as a playoff team. This Magic team is still struggling mightily, and you can see and sense the frustration as they struggle to learn how to win games at the end. I'm not a person that believes in clutch minutes. The Magic lost this game in a numerous a number of places. They lost this game they lost this game in part because they came out lax defensively. They lost this game in part because they missed a lot of easy shots early on or settled for difficult shots or settled for quick shots early on in the game. They put themselves in a hole they had to dig out of and they found a way to dig out of it and give themselves a chance. But make no mistake about it. The Magic are struggling to get to the finish line. They're getting right up to the finish line. They're knocking on the door of the playoffs, of being a playoff team, of of deserving of this goal that they've been hunting for for so long. And the Eastern Conference has given them plenty of times to make mistakes, and that includes tonight. But the Magic just cannot break that door down. Over the final five minutes, the Magic turned the ball over five times. They committed three and one fouls. And they allowed the Grizzlies to take momentum, and Orlando couldn't find the shot to make to break them down. Up by four in the final two minutes, the Magic had a brief moment of clarity. Nikola Vucevic got the ball at the free throw line, turned and found Wesowundu cutting down the baseline for what looked like an easy jam. But Jonas Valanciunas made a fantastic play and blocked the shot clean. That one was not a foul. No no way around it. Even Jeff Turner, who tends to be a little bit of a homer with with foul calls, said that was a clean foul. Clean, Clean play. It was not a foul. On the other end, after Memphis was able to reset their offense, Delon Wright drove on Wesawundu, drew just the tiniest bit of contact, got the foul, and made the basket. Whether the ref should have called the foul is frankly irrelevant. It was a foul under the letter of the law. And the Grizzlies made the free throw to make it a one-point game. From there, Orlando's general sloppiness and frankly lack of poise got the better of them. Terrence Ross turned the ball over, fouled Mike Conley in the bonus, sent Mike Conley to the line to make two free throws to give the Grizzlies the lead for the first time. Their comeback was complete. Then Orlando misses a shot, a three-pointer by Terrence Ross, I believe. Conley gets the ball up by one, sizes up his his defender, gets a screen and roll, Nikola Vucevic is backed off way too far, and Conley drains an easy elbow jumper for a three-point lead. Orlando turns the ball over on the ensuing possession. Steve Clifford goes goes crazy over perceived bad calls throughout the game, and maybe he has a point, maybe he doesn't. 
and the Magic find themselves losing 105 to 97. This game was not an eight-point game. This game was a tight game to the end. It was a three-point three point game with 14 seconds to play before the Magic just, frankly, lost their composure. And they lost their composure well before Steve Clifford got kicked out. Evan Fournier picked up two technicals, and, and I agree with Clifford on this. The second technical came way too quickly. But he picked up two quick technicals, and he was out of the game. I think he would have made a difference down the stretch because say what you want about Evan Fournier, he is the Magic's quote-unquote clutch player. He's the guy they go through for better or for worse. Certainly, it would have been better than what the Magic did down the stretch in this game where they didn't score field goal for the final six minutes. All their points in the final six minutes and it was a 21-6 to run down the stretch for the Grizzlies. All the points the Magic scored came from the foul line. They made their free throws, at least. That's nice. But that's no solace. Because, frankly, this game was not about the Grizzlies, who did their job to win the game. This job was about the Magic's inability to execute down the stretch. This is about the Magic's inability to execute from the beginning, as every game at this point has become. It's less about the opponent and more about the Magic. Are the Magic doing what they need to do to win? And the answer, plain and simple at this point, is no. The East is forgiving enough that they are still in this race. They're still just a game back of Miami. And yeah, circle it on your calendar. The Magic play the Heat. I believe it is on March 26th. Circle it on your calendars. That is a humongous game. I'm going to call up the Locked on Heat guys probably and and, and we'll talk about that game extensively because it is a... That game is shaping up to be the biggest game the Magic have played in at least seven or eight years. Biggest individual game. But Magic got to get there first. It's, it's a long way away, and the Magic certainly know that this stretch of games that will lead up to it, because that's the start of a critical four-game road trip, this stretch of games, they got to bank up their wins. They cannot have more losses like this, and frankly, they can't have more kind of lax, lax days like they did Friday against Dallas. It's all part of a general trend now. Since the All-Star break, the Magic are not playing with the focus and intensity that they need to do to win. They're good enough, despite all of that, that they have a chance to win all of these games. That's the most disappointing part. As Orlando isn't getting blown out, they're not getting beat. They're losing games by narrow margins. And most of these losses are on Orlando's shoulders. This one certainly was. Memphis made the plays they needed to win. I'm not taking anything away from the Grizzlies. They deserved to win the game. But the Magic were right there. The Magic had it in their hands. The Magic had confidence. And once again, they let it slip through their fingers. Once again, the Magic gave up the lead. They gave up the ship. And once again... They're left wondering, is this the loss that's going to cost us the playoffs? Maybe you can't think that. Certainly you cannot think that. Because you're not out of the race. This is a bad loss, but not a fatal one. Remember that. I know we're in the age of Twitter where everyone goes into histrionics over everything. I see it after every single game, one way or the other. This was a bad loss. It is not a fatal one. The Magic do not control their own destiny. Granted, they've still got ground to make up because Miami has two games in hand on them. 
But Orlando certainly can recover and can get back into the can get back into the driver's seat. It's still set up for them to do so. But it's completely on them. And we're going to talk about some of those late game struggles coming up here in just a moment. The Atlanta Magic fall to the Memphis Grizzlies 105-97 to at FedEx Forum. They'll next play Wednesday at Washington before they begin a five-game homestand. That, again, will feature no teams above 500 until the very end when they play the Philadelphia 76ers. Big, big five-game homestand. Really, the next six games are the season. I think I said, uh, starting with the Dallas game on Friday, the, that eight-game stretch, the Magic probably have to go 6-2. and two. Five and three might cut it with the way the East is shaping up. But certainly the Magic cannot afford to lose many more games right now. They got to win. They got to start winning games. They got to win now. Now, 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 now. And it's not happening the way they're playing right now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Not a lot to say about this one. Uh, the Orlando Magic end up shooting just 35.6% for the game. They're led in scoring by Nikola Vucevic with 26 points on 10 for 24 shooting. He was just 1 for 6 from beyond the arc. 10 rebounds for him as well. Um, this was not a good game for Nikola Vucevic. He's got the scoring numbers, I know, but you know, I, I, I am in the boat right now, and, and, and I think... I I know there are some I do know some I think people know me as a Nikola Vucevic defender. Um, I, I I do know people that are more to the the right on of me on Nikola Vucevic def- defenders. You think I criticize him too much, but um, I'm holding him to a higher standard at this point. He is an NBA All Star. He is the team's most important player. Um, he is consistent as, as uh, he is the most consistent player the Magic have, and yet. I still want to see him provide more of a stabilizing force. And I'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in a second. But Vucevic really struggled, especially in the beginning of the game on both ends of the floor. He started looking like the Nikola Vucevic of the last six years or last five years, uh, where he struggled to make shots than he normally makes. And you could kind of live with that. If he's missing his post-up looks, that's just touch. They're either going to go in or go out. You you want him to get good looks, and he he largely was. So I think offensively, he was getting the looks he wanted, and slowly they started to fall. But defensively, he just didn't have his timing down. Um, whether it was because Evan Fournier was was struggling to get over screens with Mike Conley, I thought Wesowundu did a much better job than Fournier did throughout the game. Uh, whether it was because he just didn't have the right angle set uh, for whatever reason. He was too afraid to leave Jonas Valanciunas, who's shooting the ball really well and had a really nice game in this one as well. Um, this was a... Uh, this was a... Uh, uh, a really difficult game for Vucevic. Um, again, that, that last play when Conley hit the jumper, it was because Conley had the space because Vucevic was sinking back too far. And I've often said this about Vucevic. It's literally a half step. It's a half step from being defensively, uh, from de- being defensively uh, uh, a neutral at least, uh, and being a good defender, 
and being the negative defender that, that we've criticized Vucevic for, for for a long, long time. Today, he just didn't have that half step. Today, that that little bit that he needed to, 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 to hang with teams and, and to be a good defender just wasn't there consistently. And, and, and Conley fed on the magic in that pick and roll all night long. Um, it took a while for it to get there for him to get there. Ken Birch did a much better job defensively. I thought Ken Birch had a fantastic game. But Vucevic, and then and then late in the game, like I said, Vucevic wasn't the calming force the Magic needed. He missed both of, both of his shots down the stretch. Uh, and honestly, I, I still don't think the Magic give him enough touches. I don't think they involve him enough in the offense. And some of that had to do with uh, with that with the ejection of Evan Fournier in the third quarter. But not a a strong, not a great effort from Nikola Vucevic. I just I expect a lot more from him at this point. Uh, the Magic's backcourt, Evan Fournier and DJ Augustin both really struggled. Evan, Evan Fournier first 0 for 4 in 13 in about 14 minutes to play. He was ejected in the third quarter for arguing a call. Um, he had a little bit of a point on the on the foul that he argued. Didn't deserve two technicals for it. Steve Clifford said it after the game that he's seen guys get away with a lot more than Evan Fournier got. For whatever reason, the Magic just, they don't get calls. And, and, and they got to line 27 times tonight. So I think that the, the idea that the Magic somehow didn't get calls throughout the game or, or, or suffered a lot of bad calls, I think that's honestly knee-jerk reaction. I think most times when, when fans blame the refs, it's a knee-jerk reaction to the moment because when you're in the moment, you're not looking to blame yourself. You're not looking for uh, intense analysis. You're not looking for any of that. You're just looking for the easy out. And, and the refs are always the easy out. Um, the refs were inconsistent, I would say. I think that uh, certainly the and one with Delon Wright, uh, while I believe it was a foul when he watched the replay, and I'm sure in the two-minute report tomorrow, it will say that it was indeed a foul, that they will say correct call. Um, I don't. I, I do think that there is an art to officiating. And I don't think in that situation, that late in the game, that big of a moment, you call that foul. If he misses the shot, you call it. But he made it. So it didn't affect the shot. I, I mean, my philosophy on fouling is in a shooting foul. If it does not affect the shot, it is not worth calling, especially late in games. That is not a, I will speak specifically to that call. It is not one that I would call, and it's not a foul I would like to see called. I don't think that that should be a foul in that situation. But... It is still a foul. I still think the official made the right call or, or made made the correct call. Um, I don't believe it was the right call, but it was the correct call. And you got to learn to play through it. You got to play through it. And the fact of the matter is, Evan Fournier getting ejected from the game was showing the frustration that has been building in this Magic team for some time. Whether it's with the officials, whether it's with their own play, whether it's just trying to find and scratch and claw their way. Like I've said before. Numerous times. The pressure on this team is going to be immense. It is incredible pressure that this team is feeling right now. Something that they've never felt before. And the Magic have to play through it. They have to find a way to get past it. And right now, they're just not. For for lack of anything, they're, they're just not playing the way that they need to play in these situations. So, it, it's it's difficult again to to kind of to, to to put your finger on this. It's it's difficult to to 
you know, kind of express this frustration or, or, or to get past this frustration when you, when you don't know how to do it, when you're not experiencing success. success. And again, I think it built up. It, it certainly crescendoed with Fournier getting ejected. It got even worse with Clifford getting ejected at the end of the game. Um, the Magic were extremely frustrated with the officials in the moment, I think, when they go back and look at the tape. They'll certainly blame themselves more than they blame the officials, but not having Fournier out there hurt. DJ Augustin struggles also hurt. Two for 10 shooting, two for seven from beyond the arc, six assists. He missed some open threes um, that he normally makes. If he makes, again, it's it, it felt just like the Cleveland game in that sense. If the Magic had made one shot, the Cleveland game and the New York game especially, if the Magic had made just one shot, it felt like they would have calmed down, they would have played their game, they would have done what they needed to do to win the game, but they could not get that one shot. And and I think that's really the big point right now uh, with this Magic team, is, is they're searching for that one shot to calm them down, and they're not finding it, and that's why they're struggling so much late in these games. A couple more guys to point out here. Uh, Ken Birch, I thought, really came in, changed the game. Eight points, three rebounds, three for three shooting. Of course, his stats rarely depict how much of an impact he had. Did a really good job just defending at a high level, just getting the defense team's defensive energy up. Wessa Wendu, I thought, also did a really good job of this in the second in the late first, early second quarter. Um, just the Magic's defense picked up when they were in the game, and, and they were obviously vital to the Magic coming back and having a chance to win this one. Aaron Gordon struggled tonight, 13 points, 5 for 17 shooting, 1 for 6 from beyond the arc. Really forced his offense. Um, you know, one of the one of the few times that, that I think we've really seen him force his offense, dribbling too much, trying to take contested mid-range jumpers, trying to uh, just create something out of nothing when that's really not his game. Um, he has to keep the ball moving. And honestly, uh, I think he figured that out as the game went on. He had a bad first quarter. He got himself going by getting others involved later on. Seven rebounds, six assists for him. Uh, big, big thing though with him was he, he suffered a rib injury at some point. River back injury at some point in the second quarter. Uh, left for the locker room early at halftime. Came back and played, but really wasn't moving right. Wasn't wasn't uh, uh, really engaged in the game as much as maybe he could have been. Uh, and so certainly the Magic were playing without one of the better, without obviously without Evan Fournier late in the game, but also without Aaron Gordon uh, at full capacity, and that really hurt the team's offense as well. Even though Aaron Gordon isn't much of a isn't much of an on ball creator, so to speak, or or a primary ball handler in the sense that Evan Fournier certainly can be, or the way the Magic use Evan Fournier, he certainly is. Um, and, and so obviously that was a, a big impediment to the Magic late in the game as well. Orlando ends up shooting 35.6% from the floor. They're 23 of 27 from the foul line, 14 offensive rebounds. They do commit 13 turnovers, including four from Terrence Ross, who also had 15 points at 5 for 13 shooting. Orlando falls 105-97 to 97 to the Memphis Grizzlies. Mike Conley leads the way for the Grizzlies. With eight, with 26 points, 8 assists, 8 for 18 shooting. Avery Bradley has 21 points. Jonas Valanciunas with 12. Uh, CJ Miles with 13 off the bench for Memphis. They shoot 41.5% from the floor. So Orlando did do some good things defensively at the end of the day, I think. Um, they got it going after that first quarter, but again, struggling down the stretch. Just could not get stops. Made some really silly, self-inflicted errors. And that's really the focus for the Magic now in these final 15 or so games as we're, we're coming up on it here at the end. We actually only have 14 games left on the season. And that's really now what the rest of the season is about. There's just no getting around it at this point. The Orlando Magic are, are in the thick of this playoff race. They're, they're game out of the final playoff spot. And yet the same thing happens 
in many of their losses now, and even in their win against Dallas. The fourth quarter has become a difficult moment for the Magic. Those final closing minutes have become really the most stressful time for this Magic team. If you know me and you listen to this podcast, you know I am not a believer in separating the final two minutes from the rest of the game. I don't think you can bifurcate two minutes and say these two minutes are more important than the previous 46. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Then again, when the difference between achieving your goal and missing out on your goal is the slimmest of margins, and that's what we're talking about here, the slimmest of margins, even I cannot ignore the pressure to get to the finish line has become immense and the Magic are struggling to handle that pressure. I think I've, I've expressed this on the podcast several times and I'll express it again here if I haven't already today even. It feels really like the Magic are one shot away from winning these games. That's how narrow this margin is. That's how narrow the line is between winning and losing. And it's not even a last second shot. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a shot with two and a half minutes left, a minute and a half left. That turns a five-point game into a seven-point game. A five-point lead into a seven-point lead. A five-point deficit into a three-point deficit. Those shots matter just as much. And the truth of the matter is, the Magic are not finding those shots. And thus, the last minutes of a game have this reek of desperation, this frantic nature about them. At least, that's how the Magic are executing them. You could feel this stark contrast between the way the Magic executed down the stretch and the Grizzlies executed down the stretch. There could be a number of reasons for why this is. Of course, Memphis isn't playing for anything. They're out of the playoff race. Orlando's the one feeling all the pressure. So, there is a bit of looseness. Like, if the Grizzlies make a mistake, yeah, it's a big deal they lost the game, but it's not really that big of a deal. But there's another difference, too. And that's Mike Conley. The Grizzlies... No offense to Memphis. Orlando has more talent on the floor than Memphis does right now. Orlando has a better team than Memphis right now. I'm fairly certain of that. I look at what the Magic had and and how the Magic played even early in the game when the Magic were struggling a little bit. And it was just like, Magic, right this ship. They're going to win this game. They're the better team. They've got the better players. It's just about what they do and how they execute. 
up by seven again with less than six minutes to play, the Magic were in the position they needed to be. But they couldn't get to the finish line. Is it because they don't have the guy to get them to the finish line? That part, I want to push aside for the moment because I think this gets to a really big issue the Magic face and a big need that the Magic have to fill as they begin to assess how to get better this offseason. Mike Conley is the picture of poise. His whole career has been about consistency. When he is on the floor, you know what you're getting from him. He's not doing anything flashy. That's that's part of the reason why he's never been an all-star. Even though he clearly plays at an all-star level. And at the end of this game, Conley, along with Joachim Noah and, and, and Avery Bradley to some extent, the end of this game, they were the ones pushing and leading this Grizzlies team into the lead, back into the game, and eventually to the win. Memphis was playing under control and with poise. Their energy level, their urgency didn't ever really change. You take that and you look at the magic. But the magic didn't look very organized. On, on the play with the magic down by three that they turned the ball over. It was an inbounds to Terrence Ross. The play was designed to get Ross a three. All five players, if I'm not mistaken, were on one side of the floor. Ross, trying to get a game-tying three, simply could not find the space to get his shot off because all the defenders could crowd him and there's no passing outlets. And again, instead of maybe resetting and running a play to get an open shot, Ross forced something, dribbled to his left, tried to get a shot off, and dribbled the ball off his foot, essentially, off his shin, something like that. Memphis was able to recover and ice the game. Game over. As much as Steve Clifford probably thought there was a foul at the time, he's going to look back and see they didn't execute their play well enough. And really... Again, I think Jonas Valanciunas made a great play on that block. I, I don't. I think that was the one play in the entire sequence the Magic did right. They got the ball to Vucevic in the middle of the floor. He fed it to an open man driving aggressively to the basket, and a one dude got beat by a better defensive play. But that was really the only good defensive play or good offensive play the Magic made down that stretch. You go back and watch those possessions, what were the Magic trying to accomplish? Who was supposed to have the ball in their hands? Absolutely, Evan Fournier's absence played a factor. Say what you want about Evan Fournier, and there's a lot to say about Evan Fournier. He's had his ups and downs in late game situations, but The guy is, A, not afraid to take a shot late in games. He's got supreme confidence in those moments, whether it's warranted or not. He's proven that he can make those shots in those moments. But Evan Fournier's also...
capable of running the offense through him. Capable of setting guys in the right spots and at least getting a halfway decent look. Magic didn't even get decent looks in this game. They turned the ball over too much. And again, say what you want. I, I think the Magic need a better option down the stretch. As much as, much as Fournier's played well, I'd like to see them run a little bit more with Augustin. I'd like to see them set post-ups for Nikola Vucevic as much as he struggles down the stretch. Really, the Magic's struggles late in games has been looking for that calming, stabilizing force. It feels like the Magic dread these late-game situations because even in the moments that Fournier's been heroic, they've come because of desperation. Game against the Pistons, the Magic lost, I think, a four-point lead to, to be tied in that moment when Fournier delivered. Against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Magic had to come back from five with 30 seconds left, if I'm not mistaken. Against the Pacers, the Magic were up seven and gave up the lead, forcing Fournier, or gave up, or got it down to two before Fournier had to hit that three to make it five. This is not a new problem. The Magic have struggled in close games all year. And in fact, the Magic and the Grizzlies have played the most games within five points under five minutes to play in the entire league. They've each played 41, quote-unquote, close games. Each of them are 17 and 24. So it's not like the Grizzlies are great in these situations either. And looking at how they played, I would say it's more about talent than execution because the Grizzlies out-executed the Magic. They got good shots. They got good opportunities. The Magic made self-inflicted errors. And to be sure, when the Magic look back and, and, and figure out where they could have done better this season, where they could have been better, undoubtedly, these close games are going to matter. Because they trail the sixth seed or the seventh seed by three games. If they would have just won half of the close games that they've lost or the difference between their record. If they'd won three more close games, if they were 20 and 21, if they broke even on close games this year, they'd be in the playoffs. Comfortably in the playoffs, mind you. But that's not who this Orlando team is. This Orlando team is still struggling to find its way. It doesn't have that one guy to get a shot that calms everyone down or to have that one guy that demands the ball and puts everyone in the right place, in the right spots. And that is the central struggle for the Magic the rest of the way. Evan Fournier has kind of taken over that role. Whether he is good at it or not, I'll leave for you to decide, but that probably says all that needs to be said. I would like to see the Magic give Nikola Vucevic more of that role. Work through him in the post. Have some motion off of post-ups. And trust that he will make a good play. Again, I, I, I get it. He has struggled just as much as anyone else in these moments. The guy who is the most stabilizing force on the team has struggled late in games when it's tight. He's turned the ball over a ton. I think he's averaging 0.3 turnovers per game in, in close game situations.
And so the Magic are still searching, searching for that close game formula. They're not finding any answers yet. But you better believe that this is not a a situation that's going to go away, that's going to change. You better believe that this central question is going to be the one that determines whether the Magic make or miss the playoffs. It may already have. And Orlando cannot keep letting games slip through their fingers because of their own lack of execution. They get beat on a buzzer beater, so be it. But they can't lose because of their own mistakes. And that's what's happening right now. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to, Orla- to Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.